Peace of the Lord, everyone. You can start that. It's always one. All right, as we come back together, uh, now is, well, potentially the most awkward part for me. Uh, I haven't preached in front of a camera to a dead room in uh, since I used to practice my sermons back in seminary, staring at a large VHS recorder, trying to figure out how to get uh, diction and, and interaction uh, right. So. Uh, ask for your patience and grace as we uh, as we try and continue a little bit of study in the in the word. We've been looking at uh, leadership, and certainly in this season, there is uh, no reason to stop. Uh, it is uh, important, uh, particularly in times uh, of crisis, that we are encouraging and fostering and looking for those characteristics within our community. Uh, that uh, that mirror the, the leadership and the servanthood of Christ himself. Uh, the character of leaders, as we know, in the end has a great impact on what it means to foster the character within a community of faith. Uh, it is one of those truths that because of the way we're connected as human beings and for all number of behavioral and psychological uh, factors and spiritual, uh, we we do uh, take on some of the characteristics and the character and ethos of our leaders. It's hard for a community of faith. It's hard for an organization to have a culture uh, that is different than that which is laid out by its leaders and and its uh, its board. And so we come into uh, this season wanting to continue to reflect on those characteristics of godly leadership. Uh, but of course, the temptation, especially when we come to a passage like 1 Timothy, is that uh, those characteristics that Paul lays out can end up being something more akin to a checklist uh, rather than a embracing of, the, of, of a character, of a, of a full human existence of uh, the life and heartbeat of a person. And so we want to avoid uh, something like Samuel had to in the Old Testament reading, not just looking at the normal characteristics of older, more mature uh, chronologically, uh, but also recognizing the characters that God sees, the characteristics that God sees and desires to build in his people. So before we go any further, let's uh, go ahead and put the text in front of us. It's first. Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and I will be reading uh, again out of the ESV. Hear now God's word. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity keep his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or may become puffed up and conceited and fall into condemnation of the devil. 
Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would continue to superintend this service and all services like it being held around the country and around the world. Lord, we ask that you would continue to make your word alive, that it is power would be again communicated because of its truth, because of its authorship, Lord, because you are in the midst of it. It is living and breathing. And we pray, Lord, that whatever is said this morning that is not true, that is not beneficial for the building up of your people, that those words would quickly be forgotten. In Christ's name, amen. So Jesus tells a parable in Matthew chapter 12 that I think helps us understand what it means to not simply have a checklist of characteristics, but a depth of understanding of the fullness of what it means to embody what Paul says when he looks at an elder and instructs Timothy on what Timothy should be looking at in the character of an elder. The, uh, the parable may be familiar to you in, in chapter 12, verses 43 through 45 of Matthew. Jesus tells a crowd of uh, folks who are increasingly suspicious of his ministry, and in fact have already accused him of actually being in league with Beelzebub, which was a common term for the, the sort of chief of evil spirits in the region. Jesus tells the story of a man who was relieved of an evil spirit and set about to clean up his house, get things well in order and dusted. The uh, evil spirit went off uh, and over a dark and, uh, sorry, a dry and, uh, and wilderness area, which was not nearly as fun as living in the man's house and in his life. And so the evil spirit returns. And what he finds is a wonderfully reorganized and non-chaotic house, and yet a house that is empty. There's plenty of room. And so he goes and gets seven of his friends, and they invade that home, and the man's life is more difficult, more broken uh, than it was when there was only one. When Paul talks about the qualities of an elder, it is not simply the negation of certain bad habits or the attempt to try and build into one's life good habits for living, but it is a fullness of what it means to be in Christ that Paul is trying to communicate through these lists and through these categories and characteristics and virtues that he talks about to, for, uh, to Timothy. And so this morning, what I want us to look at is how simply uh, cleaning up and organizing is not fullness. And what God wants for us, what will last in times of struggle and crisis, is a fullness of a life and character in Christ, not simply characteristics. And so we have in verse 3 of 1 Timothy, three characteristics that we'll look at this morning. We're going to, Paul, uh, tells us that we, we want to have leaders who are sober 
And again, in context, this is not sober-mindedness. This is the word for not leaning on the bottle. Uh, so this is uh, sobriety from, from alcohol or substance, uh, self-control, and then also uh, respectable. And so what, what's manifested inside, respectable, uh, becomes respectable in the outward uh, interaction with others. But again, I want to encourage that what we're not looking at here is a negation. We don't have a successful character if we're simply not drunk. Uh, we don't have a successful uh, character. We don't have leadership qualities if we're simply looking at the fact that I'm largely, most of the time, not out of control. I can control myself. Nor is it enough to say that usually, in public, I'm not a fool. Uh, and therefore, people largely regard me uh, as a respectable person. So if these are not meant to be simply checklists, if it's not negation, but more, what does it mean for these to be full? And how do we make these characteristics not just simply uh, a checklist, but a representative of our character itself? Remember last week we talked about how in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, that all of this for Paul is driven by love, that agape love. Uh, we talked about last week how that agape love is, uh, it is hardworking love. It's a love that once we've pursued it with others over years, builds calluses on our hands builds deep furrows in our faces as we've turned towards the wind together, shoulder to shoulder. It is a hardworking love, a love that grows deeper and richer through activity and life together. That's the love that Christ has for us. It's the love he exhibits towards his disciples. It's the love that he brings from the Father who loves his creation and loves his people enough to send his own son that agape, hard-working love is what builds substance into what could, from a human perspective, be merely negation. It is through that agape love that we know who God is. But how do we get that? It's not simply by knowing it. We are thankfully given the Holy Spirit. For Jesus and for Paul, the way in which our lives are renewed and transformed, a new heart given, comes from the gift of the Holy Spirit who indwells us in such a way that we are, according to Paul and according to Jesus, new creations, new beings. We are being renewed. It's an already and a not yet. There is a newness about us even as we grow in our understanding of what that means and the implications of being new creations in Christ. The Holy Spirit, then, is, for Paul, the way in which new life is born. And you can imagine that we can't really get through a sermon without me making at least one reference to Genesis 1, 2, or 3. And, of course, what we have to go back to is Genesis 2, 7 where when God forms Adam from the dirt, from the, the, the ground itself, he breathes into Adam and he becomes what? A living spirit, a living being. 
truly human, truly animated, truly one who can relate to and reflect the glory of God. That's fullness, that's substance, that's weight. That's God's love. So we don't create these traits. Interestingly enough, sobriety, self-control, and respectability are not something that we create in an external fashion. If they're going to have substance, if they're going to have weight, instead, as Jesus says, it's, it's what comes out of us that tells what our heart really is. And in Christ, we have the opportunity increasingly where we see what comes out of us is a desire for sober living. That doesn't mean that we don't enjoy the good gifts of God. It does mean that there isn't a need to self-medicate and to hide from the pain and difficulties of life. Our leaders cannot be those who self-medicate. They have to be those who know what it is to rest in the Lord to have the love come out of them. As we read in, a, in Corinthians, to have been comforted and therefore to be those who comfort. Sobriety then doesn't become a somberness. It becomes a wisdom of operating in the real world, not turning a blind eye, but engaged in caring out of the care that has been given. Self-control doesn't become a way of you thinking that I know how to run my life successfully, but self-control comes out of the character of God himself, who has passions, who loves, who is very angry at sin that destroys humanity and robs people of their dignity. This is not a passionless God. We don't want passionless elders and leaders and teachers. We want those who understand in love what it is to have those good and real emotions structured and through love. And love does have a measure of control. Respectability is not something that I try and create on the outside, but because of who I am flows naturally out of what Christ has done for me. Again, one of the great uh, truths of Jesus's ministry was that even at his trial, as much as they tried to besmirch his character, no one could put together a coherent list of wrongs that he had done. They contradicted one another, even when they didn't want to respect who and what he'd done, out of the character of who he was, it was impossible to create a unified argument that Jesus was a man worthy of disrespect. So we are full, made full, these characteristics made full, because we are given the Spirit. It is what it means to act fully human. 
to act in line with our created nature. And again, I would want to encourage you to reflect on Galatians 5, 22 through 25, where we see the characteristics of the Spirit lived out, embodied. And again, it's so beautiful that it is one fruit, yet with so many aspects. It has the gentleness, the patience, the kindness, the self-control characterized uh, or, or, or made uh, so because that's the character of who God is. It allows him to live through us by the Spirit. That takes the weight off. It challenges us to let God's love show through us, but it protects us from the need to create, to be strong enough, to be those who can successfully navigate a checklist for leadership or for a good reputation in our community. It allows us to know that what we have in Christ by the Spirit is not a gift that we will someday get, but a gift that we're learning to use. And in so doing, our lives are full. What I mean by that is that if Christ is already in us by the Spirit, if the character of God lives within us in our new hearts, and our new identities, then there really isn't room for the old evil spirits to come back. The love of God and his character growing and bearing fruit in us may at times even be chaotic. The house itself may not be as well ordered. Tyler just moved home and he is an amazing child and he is actually doing a great job. But when we had four kids, there were certain ways in which our house was not as clean and well-organized as a single man living alone who'd driven the demon out of his house. The goal is not efficiency, a particular level of expectation of organization and the absence of the messiness of life. But as the fruit of the Spirit grows in us, it is in the midst of a life that is still ravaged by the brokenness of the fall, that is full, that we can share the abundance we have. It is a life that is full. Things are going to get worse. Ben talked about the increase in known cases as testing increases. There are going to be a lot more people who are diagnosed with the illness. As we are isolated for longer periods of time, those most vulnerable uh, among us will become stressed will become uh, more desperate. We could even grow in our own fear. And in a time of crisis, 
the human control begins to let go, begins to loosen. One could imagine that in a time of crisis, sobriety is one of the first things to go. Life is hard enough. Self-medication becomes more attractive. Self-control becomes a luxury we may not have as anger and fear seem to overwhelm. And respectability certainly is only a virtue worth having when things are safe and secure. But in a time when we simply need to survive, how valuable really is respectability. Those will be the temptations to self-medicate, to give less and less concern for self-control, and to certainly care less and less about respectability. If those are simply virtues and values we have tacked onto the outside of our lives, they will be easily discarded. But because of who we are in Christ, because they come not from the outside, but from the inside out, they can and will be the way in which the world sees the light of who Christ is. Because these are not simply values and virtues for our leaders, but they are the values and virtues of the kingdom itself for all of us. We desire to live out, because of who we are in Christ, what our leader is like. What those who have gone before us and shown what God can do in and through a human life as they give themselves increasingly to the work of the Holy Spirit, what it is to have servant leaders who love us with the agape that God himself loves us. And as we care for our neighbors and one another with that same sense of agape, it will not be an odd thing, but actually a very real and natural thing as we rely on Christ in ever greater degrees to have sobriety and self-control. And the reputation of who God's people is grow even in a time of crisis. In fact, as we read in 2 Corinthians, it is in fact most true, most clearly seen by the world, that we worship a God who is eternal and brings new life in times when this life seems most fragile. May God continue to use us to comfort out of the comfort we have been given, that we might, as Galatians says, bear one another's burdens well, because God has borne for us the burden of death itself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be merciful to the preaching of your word over the internet. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would continue to uh, give us your joy, your encouragement. Lord, that we might uh, have these qualities, these characteristics come out of who you are in and through us. 
Lord, that we may delight in the newness of who we are in you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.